So we've been talking about, last two weeks, the kingdom of God. God's way of thinking and doing and operating. That's His kingdom, His way of doing and operating. We live in the kingdom, if you will, of the United States of America. We live in the kingdom and it has its way of doing and operating. This kingdom, this country, there are kingdoms all over the planet. Ways of doing and operating. I've been in a number of different other countries and nations. I've been in Australia. They kind of think like we do, but not exactly. They have some other ways of thinking and operating. I've been in the Ukraine. They really don't think like we do. They have a certain way to, of operating and thinking. I've been many, many times into Mexico and, and, and ministering down in there, and they have some really different ideas concerning government and ways of operation. I've been in Israel, and Israel has some different ways of thinking and operating in the earth, you know. I've been to several different other places, but what I'm saying is God's kingdom His way of thinking and operating is real, and that's how we have to think first and foremost so that we can operate effectively in the natural kingdoms that we live in and around. God's told us in His Word, you obey the authorities of your land. He told us to do that. you got to become a person of the Word to want to obey that. Hmm? You're not going to tell me what to do, bless God. I'm going to do whatever I want. On your own. In your emotions. What you're stirred up about, that you don't submit to God and submit to His Word, you're on your own. And that's why so many people don't factor God into the equation and His anointing. You can't separate God from His anointing, and His anointing is what gets the job done in the earth. His anointing is on His Word, but His anointing is on us if we submit to His Word. And you'll never accomplish anything without the anointing. So, today looking at the kingdom, I want to just give you a few verses of Scripture, and I want to finish what I started last week out of Matthew chapter 5. But the foundational Scriptures that we've looked at, I want to make a couple of points concerning these. Luke 12 and verse 29. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Don't seek after those things. And you could, like I've said in the first week, you, you can add whatever you want to. I don't care what it is. Natural things. Nor have an anxious mind. You seeking after and trying to make a living, accomplish whatever in the earth, will create great anxiety in your life. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. Your Father knows you have need of these things. If your Father knows you have need of these things, and your father won't make sure you have these things, how good of a father is he? Mm-mm. Now, if your father didn't have the ability to give you things, that's one thing. 
We're talking about the Father. He said, your heavenly Father, Jesus, this is Jesus telling his disciples and all those who are with him at this point. Your, heavenly, your, your Father knows you have need of these things, but seek the kingdom of God. Uh, Matthew's translation of this says, but seek the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God, which is what? God's way of thinking and His way of operating. Seek that first, and then He said, all these things shall be added to you. One translation said, they shall be poured out to you. All the things that we need in life will be poured out to us, and I'll say, without anxiety. No anxiety, no fretfulness. Why? Because He's leading the way. Man, and I'm just saying to you today, you have to work at this. You have to work this on purpose. He's given you His Word. He's given you His Spirit. All of heaven is backing up what we do, but we have to do it His way first. So we can be effective at everything else we do in the natural. If we just talk about being heavenly minded and we don't care about anything on the earth, that's not what he said. He just said, don't try to operate in this ungodly system without me. You let me in and and actually... This last piece of this, ver- of, of this passage says this. He said, do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It pleases God for us to think like Him, operate like Him, and live in the earth with His anointing, His empowerment, and His ability to accomplish. In the- We're talking about the Creator of to start out with our universe, the creator of Him. If you just start studying about our universe, it goes beyond, your, your natural mind goes tilt. We're talking about Him. It pleases Him to give us everything that He is. It pleases Him. First Corinthians 4.20 The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You know how you, you, get, a, you get scriptures or you look at them? I mean, that, that's what's so amazing. You know, I, I, could, I could have looked at this verse of Scripture 44 years ago, and today I'm getting something even more, and it's just a few words. But this is what I got from it as I was looking at this in the last couple of days. The kingdom of God is not in lip service, but in power. God doesn't just say and not produce. <laughs> I don't know about you, but Nobody else has offered that or told me that and come through 100% of the time. But he always does. 
He's never a day late nor a dollar short ever. Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, not the things he was talking about in Luke 12, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And one of the points I want to make today that's a little different than I said in the past is this. It's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you and I spend our time just living our life, trying to get our needs met, to just pay our bills, to save money and invest and do all the things that that we're told to do to be responsible people, and we're just living in that life, then we're not on the receiving end of the kingdom that's His good pleasure that we receive. He didn't say it would happen. He just said it was his good pleasure. But this Romans 14, 17 says that if I allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth that he's talking about, then I'll understand the kingdom, his way of thinking and operating, and walk in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all the things that that encompass and actually involve the nature of God when I allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this truth to me. That means I'm spending time seeking His kingdom to where one day it becomes something that I seek first and foremost. If you'll just give God an inch, He'll move towards you in a foot, maybe even a yard. He just wants a little bit. He's not expecting us to get this thing perfect. And the translation in Matthew chapter 6 that says, seek the kingdom of God first, I agree with that, but that's not what starts first. It just starts with a little bit to begin to get a taste of how good it can be so that on purpose it becomes something I do first and foremost because I can't live without it. And He so desires that you and I think that way. And I'm telling you, all the beggarly elements of the world and demonic control of the world. The Bible says that the devil, even though he's defeated, is still the God of the system. In other words, the way of thinking. And we've been lied to throughout the years many, in many different ways. We've been lied to to believe that God can't get to us, that things really can't happen, that God can't really do what he said in his word that he can do. And in turn, we've been moved and led and, and, you know, emotionally moved by the things that we see, how we feel, and the way things appear to be. And what I'm fixing to read to you in the Beatitudes that I'm reading out of the Amplified, time and time again he said that these things are ours, 
no matter what the present conditions are, if we do this. God knows our present conditions. He knows the things that we have need of. But if we create a daily routine where we're declaring how great God is on a day-to-day basis, it'll lead us to a place of worship, and it will lead us in everything that we need to accomplish in life. Because where is the ability to accomplish? It's in the seed of the Word itself. The apples on an apple tree came from a seed. In one seed are bushels of apples. And there's something about that analogy that has, we, the enemy has worked overtime to get us to not believe is true. Yeah, we know that about an apple seed, but not the seed of the Word. <laughs> well, the passage we read the other day in another service out of Mark chapter 4, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, the sower sows the Word first. You don't understand the parable of the sower, you can't understand anything else. Because without the understanding of God's Word working in your life, you're not going to understand how to live this life trusting and putting your confidence in Him, and as Amanda said earlier, living in that safe place. This is a safe place because of the Word. It's safe. It's safe. Because of the Word. Because of the Word. It's not a safe place to hide out. It's a safe place to get revelation on the inside of you to where now your hiding place is in God. That's the kingdom that he preached about. He preached to his disciples. When you read through the, 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 all through the Gospels, he preached the kingdom of God to his disciples to where they, 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 they really got confused about it. But the kingdom is real. And God's way of thinking and operate is, operating is that kingdom. And you and I were created in his image and we were created to think like him, to talk like him, to act like Him and do exactly as He says. And He gave us everything that we need to accomplish that. Wow. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. And I'm, again, just going to start reading verse 1. And this is in the Amplified, so it's amplified. (laughs) So it's wordy. It's the female version of the Bible. Ooh, that's not politically correct. Well, around my house, no, I'm just, (laughs) no, I'm pretty wordy myself. I'm just joking, okay? It's just a joke. Verse 1, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. 
Then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed, happy to be envied, happy to be envied, and spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward conditions, are the poor in spirit. In parentheses, it defines what the poor in spirit is. The humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and I'm, I'm bringing a little bit deeper definition to that, <clears throat> to what that's meaning, the poor in spirit. Those who realize on a daily basis their need for Him. Those that are, realize and are realizing more and more all the time their need for Him. I need Him. I don't want to do this life on my own. He said, yours will be the kingdom of heaven. Did he not say, it's his, Jesus not say, it's the Father's good pleasure to get you the kingdom. So, one of the key things is, I cannot be moved by my daily present circumstances. Blessed and enviable, envi, enviably happy. Blessed and enviably happy, <laughs> with a happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of His matchless grace are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Those who mourn and Difficult time. Everybody mourns. Everybody's had difficult times. But you will be comforted if through the Word of God you learn how not to be moved by your present conditions. He's, he's repeating himself this over and over and over again. Blessed, happy, blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward conditions, are the meek, the mild, the patient, the long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. The Bible says the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, but He's given authority in His earth to the sons of men. To the sons of men and women, He's given the authority in the earth. So to operate in that authority and possess this and inherit this earth, because what is the earth about? Is God just about the trees and the ocean and the beauty and all that? And there's a lot of beauty. God's about the people that live on the earth. That's who God's about, and God, that's all He's about. So to inherit the earth is to inherit and see the people of the earth come to God because I believe in that God. Nobody's going to want your God if you don't believe in your God. So I've got I to gotta understand how he thinks and operates. It's got to become a part of my life, and it takes time. I mean, there's no time period. It just takes time. It just needs to be continually developed, and the only way it can be continually developed is to have an inward flow of God's Word in your eyes in your ears that get down inside of you as a result of what's coming out of your mouth. 
I say this every once in a while, or I'll, I'll confess this, but I say this every day. This is one of, the, this is one of the, the statements that I say every day. So think about it in regards to what I'm talking about right now. I just feel like interjecting these things are good because it shows what I'm talking about, okay? So I start every day... Or, you know, I don't start it exactly somewhere in the day because I, I don't make a law out of it. I just, it, it's just a part of me. And I'm not limited to just a couple of things or saying a few things. I can say them 15 times a day if I want to. So I say this every day. Every day I say this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. I rejoice because I'm God's child. I've been filled with His Spirit. For greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Holy Spirit is bigger than any obstacle or problem or challenge that I have. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and discernment today regarding every decision that I need to make. I choose to be a blessing to all those around me. No matter what happens today, I know that God will see me through. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, nobody can be against me. I choose to honor God today by the words I speak, by the way I act, and by allowing His love, light, and truth to shine through me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out, ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ Jesus. He always causes me to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Today is a great day and something really good is happening today in Jesus' name. Things like that have to be said every day or if you don't do that, then you're on your own. And when you're on your own, what you're saying out of your mouth throughout the day has to do with how things appear to be. What I'm saying here every day Maybe I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe I don't feel like getting up. Maybe I don't feel this, that, and the other. So I'm calling certain things that are not as though they are. I'm not denying the way I feel. If I feel that way, if I'm, you know, I, I woke up, I had, a, you know, you ever had bad dreams and you wake up and you feel fear trying to grip you or inside of you or whatever, there's no greater time in the world than to speak what the Word says about those kind of things. But... What's really good is if you've already done that for a long period of time, and then when you get attacked with that, no, no, I will not give in to that. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound, and a well-balanced mind in the name of Jesus. That's kingdom thinking and kingdom operation. That's the way you have to, that's the way you have to approach life Learning how to put the kingdom first. The kingdom is God's way of thinking, the way He operates. He didn't say you wouldn't have stuff come against you. He didn't say that. He said, but when it did, uh, He said, be of good cheer. I've already overcome, but I can't overcome again for you. I've already overcome for you. Now you got to get it yourself and put to work what I've told you to do. He gave us His Word. He gave us His Spirit. All of heaven is backing us up. I'm telling you, heaven is cheering us on. But you'll never get there 
If you don't make a, the Word part of your daily routine every single day. I wish there was another way. No, not really, not today I don't. But there was a time when I wish there was another way. Because <clears throat> this is very simple, almost elementary, but it's not easy. You know what's not easy about this? Days when you think, this is the day that the Lord has made. Those are the days you need to say it twice. Yeah, reminding yourself. He didn't say you're going to always, you know, well, you know, pastor was yelling and he seemed like he was really an authority in the way he was saying it. And man, I didn't feel that way today. We're not moved by how we feel. See, where, where is the power to overcome? In the seed of the word that I'm putting out there. That's where it's at. It's in the seed. Everything that I need to overcome is in the seed. So the seed needs to be planted Watered, cultivated on a daily basis by me making declarations of what God says is so. No matter what it looks like. That's what's not, it's simple, but that's what's not easy to do. Because your mind is the devil's playground and he'll work overtime to convince you it's not working. See, during the process of you changing the way you're thinking, it appears like it doesn't work. Because you're not, you're not involved in daily routines to change your circumstances necessarily today. You're changing the way you think so that when issues in the future come, you're more prepared by faith to resist them and command them to flee. But you don't do the daily routine. You're not positioning yourself to be in that place to handle whatever you face. And this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples here. He said, yours is the kingdom. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what verse I'm on because I, I copied them. No, I, but I'm skipping some verses. <laughs> so you're going to have to find them up there. I'm somewhere around uh, verse 10 or so, I think. Blessed, happy, enviable, enviable, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of His grace, regardless of their outward conditions, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I mean... How intimidating is that? Because if I lined all of you up today and asked every one of you, is your heart pure? What's the first thing you're going to think of? Some reason why it's not. Well, I've done this. Yeah, but I said this. Yeah, but I acted like this. Yeah, but I treated so-and-so like this. Yeah, but what about this situation and whatever? So I gave you a I'm, I'm giving you a definition today of what pure in heart really is, okay? To be pure in heart. To be pure in heart 
is to have a renewed mind. And when you have a renewed mind, you see clearly. I'm going to say it again. The heart is not talking about the blood pump. The heart is talking about the spiritual part of a man. And when you're pure in, in, in who you are and, and the operation of your life, because let me, let me back up with that just, just real quickly. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but I'm, I'm just, you, this is, for some of you, this is me repeating many, many times in the past. But let me just say this. If you're born again and you've made Jesus your Savior, then your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. You're a three-part being. This is your body. You have a body. You have a mind, will, and emotions, which is your soul, the thinking part of you. And then there's a spiritual part of you. You're a three-part being. Like God is three. He's three in one. We were created in the image of God. God is spirit. So we're really spirit. We're not flesh. But to live on this earth, you've got to be in this, you have to have a fleshly body for your spirit man to live in. Before a person becomes born again, you have a, you have a human spirit, but it's dormant. There's no life in the human spirit. It's kind of like a balloon. That balloon's laying inside of you, but there's no air in it until you get born again, and it becomes alive. Up until that time, you deal with things from a soulish perspective because even though you have a human spirit, it's not activated until you're born again. God made us all the same. He made all human beings the same. People that are not born again don't have access to what the spiritual side of God is trying to get over to them. I mean, you can mentally figure some of it out because your mental mind, will, and emotions were created by God, but not the way He set it up. He set it, uh, he set it up for you to operate from the Spirit. But when you become to the age of accountability and you get born again, let's say you're five, six, seven years old, you've still lived a life previous to that where you have memory in your soul that has been downloaded that has to be renewed. You can't be effective spiritually when you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit that is connected to your human spirit. You can't be effective. You're just operating from your soul. So, when you get born again and you begin to realize what has to happen and you begin to create a daily routine, you're renewing your mind. Let's say you got saved at 25. Well, you had 25 years of crap. That's the best way I can explain it. I don't care how you're raised or anything else. If you weren't raised born again, then you got stuff in your soul. And if you were born again at a young age, you still have stuff in your soul because your parents weren't perfect. There's only one perfect, right? So we, everybody's got issues and stuff. But when you get born again and you begin to realize that renewing your mind is the key to thinking and a- acting and operating like God, now you're learning how to submit to spiritual things. Then you're prepared and ready. And that's why I said, the pure in heart, the pure in heart are those that get their minds renewed. And when your mind is renewed, you begin to see clearly, 
hear clearly and understand things that you would have never understood before. That's why, listen, that's why I believe what we're teaching in this Kingdom of God series should be so encouraging to you because we don't have to stay the same. And the key to it is just learning to think like God. So that means i got to get God's Word. If the key to your success was knowing everything I thought, then you'd have to spend all your time with me. But the key to your success is what he thinks. So the more time you spend with him and the more time you understand that, then we become pure in heart. And he said, he said, are the pure in heart for they shall see God. They shall see clearly. They'll see him. They'll know him. They'll understand him. The key to a pure heart is a renewed mind. Say it again. The key to a pure heart that sees God is a, pure, is, is a renewed mind. <clears throat> My goodness gracious. <sighs> so, I'm not sure which verse I'm going down to, but I'm going down to the one, those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, and then I'll, end, I'll, I'll read the rest of it and I'll be done. Blessed, happy, and enviably fortunate and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys and finds satisfaction in God's favor and salvation. Man, we could spend a long time on what he just said right there. Regardless of his outward conditions. When you understand the favor of God, the grace of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God, the, 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 the prosperity of God, not, not just in a monetary way, but in every way. When you understand that, and you understand that God is, as we read in the beginning, He's so much about pouring out on you everything from Him, when you understand that, then you won't be moved by your outward conditions because you know, you know that no matter what it looks like, He's already overcome. You know the passage, I think it's in, in uh, it's either, in, I, think it, well, I think it's in Matthew. I think it's in Matthew 18. We read it, I think, the first week. And, the, and his disciples asked him, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he grabbed a child and he said, to be great in my kingdom, you have to become like one of these. You have to become like a little child. And you know the, the example that I used? I, I use the example that, you know, you don't see little kids at two or three years old, you know, freaking out about where the next meal's coming from. Their parents may be, but they're not. Unless the parents put it on them in those kind of things. But in a normal situation, or a or, you know, not even a normal situation, but just the way it should be. A kid shouldn't be worrying at two or three years old about, how, you know, somebody's going to come and, more, and, and foreclose on the house or take this away or do something like that. And, and um, I actually went on YouTube because I told you this, because I've seen, I've seen this a number of times. I went on YouTube and found 
video footage of hurricanes where people had, had homes and everything destroyed. And I went and looked at some footage, and I found about three or four places where the cameras were on the parents that were weeping and understandably and all that kind of stuff and all the things that had happened. And in the background, you see these kids all playing in a mud puddle. You know, their house isn't there, but, you know, they found something else to play in. He said, if you don't become like this in your thinking, you can't be great in the kingdom. You know why? Because someone says, well, you know, I mean, we need to be worrying and upset and whatever about, you know, the fact that our house is destroyed or whatever. But what he's saying is he wants you to believe so much in him that if, if something like that happened to your house and he got you that house, he'll get you the next house. And someone says, well, yeah, but, you know, you're just being insensitive. No, I'm not trying to be insensitive about anything. You know, I've had family members, the Houston hurricane, we were there gutting my brother's house. My goodness. Everything from here down in a 3,800, no, 4,800 square foot house had to be ripped out from here down, the whole house. I mean, it was a lot of work. And my sister-in-law, I mean, number of times wept over stuff that they didn't think they were going to get flooded like that in that last ba- big one. And, uh, and she's just weeping over all that. So I'm not trying to be insensitive about it. I'm saying when we trust him, something like that comes against us, he'll find us another house. It'll happen. That's what he's meaning about being great in the kingdom, not worrying, being anxious, fretful about anything. Why? Because I'm seeking the kingdom and he's pouring everything I need out on my life. Well, Pastor, that's just kind of unbelievable. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. You have to learn to believe it. It's so simple. But great faith developed is not easy. And you have to be determined and stay faithful to it. Can you say amen? He said, are you when people revile you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account? Be glad and supremely joyful for your reward in heaven is great, strong and intense, For in the same way, people persecuted the prophets who were before you. He said, your reward in heaven is great when you're not moved by the things that come against you. And the only way you can do that is to develop a relationship with him and be confident in him because living in him is a safe place, no matter what. Then I want to end just these last few verses at the end. And this is what he says to you and I. These are kingdom people. This is, this is who I am as a kingdom person. This is who you are as a kingdom person walking in the revelation of God's kingdom. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, how can its saltness be restored? Big question. It is not good for anything any longer but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure or under a lampstand, 
but on a, but, or, I mean, uh, cover it up, but, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The key to the kingdom is seeking His kingdom that leads you to developing in your own life His way of thinking and operating so that you're living like Him. So when people see you and you don't retaliate and you don't repay anger for anger and you don't give in to the ways and the thinking of the world, then people see you and they say, wow, there must be a God in heaven. And when people are drawn to God because of you, there's the kingdom. God doesn't want the whole part in this thing. He called us equal partners. He did His part. <laughs> now we're learning to do ours. And the absolutes in this book, in, in, in the Bible, the, the absolutes in the Word of God, that if we do this, this happens, we have to have that long-suffering and that patience and that temperance in our life to allow certain things for you to go through those things, to get to the other side, to be convinced that this really works so that you can't be talked out of it. There lies the kingdom of God in what was just said right there. We are salt and we are light. And if we lose our saltiness, people want nothing to do with us. The world's full of emotion. The world is full of tit for tat. In God's kingdom, which He reigns supreme and He is love. He is love. That love has to reign supreme in our hearts and our lives. And when we operate that way, we're operating like He is. And we're winning the world. I've said this to you many times, there's no greater day than right now. Said it all last year in 2020. That was one of the best years ever, ever, for the kingdom of God. Not for a lot of people. Lost some family members, you know, last year. No, a family member last year. Some other friends that we lost in 2020 as a result of the, the, the COVID. But it was one of the greatest years ever for the kingdom of God and to allow the salt and light of your life to shine and let people see how great God is. No, I mean, a great year. And, and the, today and the years ahead are the best we've ever had, ever. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I don't care what's going on in government or anything else. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and don't be a part of helping to see things change, but I'm telling you the kingdom of God is where it's at. Stay focused. Stay a part of what God is doing and saying in the earth. And you cannot lose. It's a win-win for us. Can you say amen?